On this episode, we're talking all things NBA, the combine, the playoffs, and the draft, and then we are joined by the director of basketball recruiting at KMG Sports Management, Ed Isaacson. Give me that green light. Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. everybody to episode 25 of the green light podcast it's paul ian and we are joined by ed isaacson uh he's the founder of the formerly known as nba uh, draft uh, yes blog. yes formerly known as uh, nba draft blog and now he is the director of basketball recruiting at kmg sports management ed i appreciate you coming on man thank oh, you no problem at all great to be here yeah um so let's jump into it i want to um Give people a little bit of background on you. I know you uh, you and I met each other a year and a half ago, maybe two years mm-hmm. now. But, um, you know, you founded a website, Twitter. Um, I mean, you can explain yeah. better than I can. <laughs> but what is, what was the NBA draft blog? Uh, I mean, this all started about eight, nine years ago. I was working in law and was miserable. <laughs> Had spent, yeah. you know, ten plus years working in law and yeah. just... My dream had always been to play basketball. I mean, to not play, but to work in basketball. Uh, but back when I was getting out of college, there was no internet. Yet. <laughs> that's how. I mean, that's how the internet, like email, was just starting to come to college campuses. Yep. So there was, unless you had played or you know been involved, there was really no way to know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So followed the traditional route, went to law school, got a master's, ended up working. Uh, you know. Uh, intellectual property and law for a long time uh and then you know as my 30s were going by i was like i gotta give it a shot got to and i had no idea how to do it so all i found every email address i could of anyone who worked in an mba front office and emailed them all just saying this is what i want to do what do i have to do to get there uh and i figured i've probably sent 90 or so out Figured a couple guys, couple, 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 couple respond. Uh, I got about fifty responses. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and some, and some were very short, but this is you know, some would say uh, you know just this is how you go about it. Uh, but then there was a group of about ten from there who you know would spend time on the phone with me. Uh, had me do reports and send them to them, and then they'd send them back. And, uh, and, you know, for the most part, you know, it became a a, a solid group of mentors who all were where I wanted to be. Uh, In the meantime, you know, but there aren't a lot of spots for for scouts at the NBA level or to work in scouting in the front office. Uh, So you have to sort of wait your time, meet more people. Uh, While I did that, I just started the site. It's just a place to put the, what I was working on, and had no idea, you know, what I was doing at the time, in terms of just doing a site or uh, how to reach anyone. Uh, and then, you know, I put a couple posts up, and three or four weeks later, people started to find it. And uh, the biggest thing were other writers, more established writers. Uh, you know, guys like Mike DeCourcy and them, they found it. Yep. Uh, you know, and so having their backing, you know, just made it grow. And it got to the point where for it to get to another level, I, I had to leave my law job. Yeah. Which, yeah. but the site wasn't really making yeah, much yeah, money either. So it was, yeah. uh, so it was tough. Um, so it was a lot of side gigs and, uh, but it led to, from there, becoming NBC's draft guy, mm-hmm. um, which led then to consulting, consulting with NBA teams, G League teams, uh, a couple of teams overseas, and agents. And so you would write reports, go watch guys, get back yeah. to them. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, you know, basically, I just put, you know, the stuff I would put together on the site, I would do for them to just more of a 
deeper depth, a deeper dive depth, yeah, uh, okay. with the stuff that I would give to a team, not to the public. Sure. Um, and through there, just built up more contact and became fascinated with the agent side. And about a year and a half ago, an opportunity came up to join a small agency here in the city. Mm -hmm. uh, so I left, I gave up, I did a couple of last posts and uh, wrapped it up uh, and started recruiting. Yeah. So how, how has that transition been now and, and what, does, um, you know, what does the director of basketball recruiting mean to a sports agency, I mean, are you traveling everywhere? I'm I'm talking for maybe people that uh, are not familiar with like what what is that? What does your day to day look like? Uh, well, because you know the the other people in the basketball group at KMG also recruit, so for the most part, I stick to the Northeast. Uh, but you know, again, like like this the scouting or getting a job in the NBA, it's all about connections. Yeah. So if you have an in somewhere. Whether it's you know in New York or California, you're going to try and use it. Yep. Um, so you know my job is you know to, you know I sort of spearhead the rec you know the recruiting. That's all I work on right now. Um, you know by the end of this year I'll be certified as an agent and nice. we'll be able to handle everything else. But uh, right now I just focus on recruiting. Uh, so it's a lot of the same thing: going to games and watching but now it's more of uh you know getting to, you know trying to find a way to i'm not very big on you know bothering the, the kids mm -hmm. during seasons so i talk to coaches a lot or if they know someone else is going to be involved I, a lot of time with parents and yep. you know just building those relationships you need to get them to choose you yep. at the end how uh, how has the shift in the landscape, the culture, the feel for agencies changed since obviously the news broke uh, a couple months ago, and then the Rice Commission comes out and all that. How how has that shifted since you transitioned to KMG? You know, I really don't think it has yet. I think everyone. Yeah, there's is, a lot of talk so far. Right, I think um, you know ASM sort of took the fall for everyone yeah. Which at, is first, at first. At first. Um, and if they were serious, and there's, there's been talk that, you know, a couple of the other big ones, you know, will be targeted. And, um, and you know, if you've, if you've been around the game and stuff, you know the stories. And you know. <laughs> this is nothing new. Yeah. People who know, we're not surprised. Yeah. We were surprised at people being surprised, if that makes sense. We yeah. were like, what do you guys talk? Why is this new to you people? Right. Well, it's, it's that and it, the fact that. I think that the, the the thing that stunned the people the most when all the information about ASM came out was how much they spent on kids they didn't get. Yeah, yeah, that's the crazy part. Uh, very... And I mean, and that's the same sort of everywhere. And you know, for us, it's it's sort of the same thing, except with you know just the traveling and stuff. You're yeah. putting all this effort and showing up. And, A lot of investment and, up front. Yeah. Um, and so we're not, you know, said we're not. Our target right now, yeah, you know, I think our strategy is more. We're not going to be in play for, you know, the lottery picks in the first in the first rounders right now. Sure. Uh, you know, we're building the group. Um, you know, our goal is to find, in the one example I like keep liking to use is Kent Bazemore. Yeah. Find our Kent Bazemore. Yeah. That's uh, a great, yeah. Um, and. Which is, I mean, the funny story is because of the Kent Bazemore is how I ended up having to leave the first agency I was at. Really? Uh, the agent I worked with here in the city, uh, Kent's agent was starting a new agency. You know, Kent had finally gotten his payday, his big payday. Yep. Um, so now he's going about forming, you know, a bigger agency now to start going after more guys. Uh, and he asked the, the agent I worked with to go with him. And I couldn't. You know, I wasn't... So... Uh, you know that you know so because it can't but we want to find and I think that's I think the majority of the agencies you'll find are more you know doing what we want to do mm -hmm. uh, you know find the, you know find those mid-major kids um, you know hoping you walk into a gym and you're not know, you know hoping you don't know anybody else of the other agents in there and uh, but even then it's a 
there was a kid I spent two years on, and the day, you know, it just chose somebody else. Yeah, yeah. You know, coach has got involved, and next thing you know. Yeah, he signs with somebody yeah. else because they had a relationship. Yeah. I mean, like you said, that's, yeah. that's what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, so it's so I don't. I mean, I, I, as of right now, I think for the majority of agents, it's business as usual. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, you know, anyone who sort of has followed ASM's path, yeah, are they going to be a little more careful? Yeah. Uh, you know, or you know, are are emails and ledgers sort of disappearing? Yeah, yeah, possibly. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I think that's um, something that people kind of miss the boat on is, look, just because these guys are the ones who took the fall, to your point, like, they didn't get everybody. So there was other agencies doing the same thing. They obviously signed with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, they were offering the same and or more. And I think people got lost on that just because there was only one agency that was, like, really getting affected by this. Um, but I think you're right. I think the Rice Commission, uh, you know, lacked teeth I think it was just this it was the standard NCAA response where we put together a little committee we do a little research we come out with all these findings um, and it just kind of was uh, off off base I mean it just kind of it missed the point really and I know that for them they'd actually they they hit the point because they don't want to get rid of their model Mm. so I get it but I mean we're just going to continue to talk about the same things over and over Right, and I guess that I mean there are, there are sort of short-term solutions that are out there that could work. Um, you know, for the most part, I mean I'm against the just paying the kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I still believe in amateurism and the NCAA, and I believe it's you know it. The majority of kids are going there because they're getting an education, and you know they're getting. You're getting something they may not have had an option for before. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, and I guess in the last week or so, there was some chart going around. Oh, showing I saw this. Yeah, that, I wanted to bring this up. That, you know, well, it's not the small group that goes pro. It's almost 50% of every senior class goes pro, um, you know, overseas. and. Yep. But it's not, you know... You have, to, you have to understand, you know, it's, you can look that all up and get the numbers. Yeah, it looks great. But you have to understand the overseas market and how it works and to know that it's not always, you know, I had a player this year, uh, you know, played played four games in one country. They decided to go in a different direction. It was four months before he went somewhere else yeah. to finish out a year. Oh, yeah. But technically he's overseas. Right. Um most yep. of these guys come back after a year. They can't get back out. They yeah. don't want to go. It's yeah. It's, it's brutal. Right. So I mean, it's it's great to say these kids are pros, but for them, you know, and I I think I think a better if you look at kids who spend two plus years yeah. with yeah. consistent you know with the consistent contract. work and get that percentage, and then yes. then I think we have a better feel of yeah. No, I totally, no, I totally agree. Um, all right, let's jump to the playoffs. I know that you haven't, uh, if anyone follows Ed on Twitter, um, he has not been the biggest fan of the playoffs, and uh, it's it's hard for me to argue. They've been uh, a lot of blowouts, a lot of third quarter. I'm going to sleep because I know the result of the game. I saw a stat, before you get into it, I saw a stat the other day that said there have already been, more in the first two rounds of the NBA playoffs, more games decided by 10 points or more than there were in the entire NCAA tournament. Ooh. So obviously it's a different it's, yeah, a, it's different a different scenario, but, sure. but still the fact that like you have that many games as many games that are played in the NCAA tournament that you already have more games that are essentially quote unquote blowouts in the first two rounds of your NBA playoffs when it's supposed to be so much parity and whatnot. And at the end of the day, it's always college basketball it turns out to be uh, yeah but better in a lot of ways. I think. Um, the first, I never get surprised when it's the one eight. You know, okay, cool. You guys win four or five games, you blow them out, no problem. Mm-hmm. Those teams are always different. I think what's really confusing this playoffs is that one team will beat a team by four. The Celtics will beat the Cavs yeah. by thirty and then lose by thirty. It's like, how is this happening? It's because it, this is what they've made the game now. It's it it's become. I, I can't remember who it was last night, but I saw it on Twitter and it and it. But it's you know I think sort of best is it's become more of a show than a game now, 
and it's you know the way they've the way they've screwed with the rules and everything to to make it a more enjoyable product to watch to bring in more people you know has created what we see now you know with you know Houston and their isolation offense and you know shooting 43s a game and uh, or you know for then you know for teams to counter that Golden State putting together the group they did the and, death lineup or whatever they yeah. call it yeah um, you know it it's and Unless something changes, no one's going to be able to compete with it. You know. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the next the next part of it is, and it it kind of all goes with LeBron. If if we're being honest, like where does he go? Um, are we just going to turn into a league of eight legit teams and twenty three four hmm. others? Um, is that where it's going? Because it's, you know, I, everyone, I, I don't even want to get into the argument of like, oh, in the 90s, we would have never went to the, I guess, I, I don't care. <laughs> it's a different day. All right. It, it, it is what it is. All right. Scotty Pippen wouldn't have left to go with Charles Barkley. That's fine. It's all in the past. The question is, do we just have 12 to 15 superstars that get to go and do whatever they want whenever, and then everyone else is kind of left to figure it out? I mean... Well, this is what the NBA has created at this point. Is this is this is the model, and you know, especially with the CBA, with the addition of the max contract now. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, you know, teams. You know, teams are finding ways to, you know, have three guys on the team who are all, you know, who are all making that. And why, you know, if you're a, if you're a star and you want, you know, if you believe that the the best thing in your profession is a championship yeah you'll, well, you'll plan accordingly yeah you'll go with the group that's going to help get you there yeah um and you know be, and, and, and i think a lot of it has to you know has to do with the, what the game has become also where uh even lebron who you know said my mind is the second greatest player of all time isn't going all out all season no I mean, he doesn't need to either, right? I mean, he could. Well, but to me, that's always and that's for another time. But the difference between him and Jordan is, you know, Jordan wouldn't care if he was, you know, playing horse. No, what is what a great what, what an eight year old? Yeah, and it, it, <laughs> with the preseason, he was out there to murder. Twenty percent. Yeah, yeah, um, no doubt. Um, yeah, so, I, yeah. So how it, do we fix it? I mean, is there is there when's the next when's the next CBA? Twenty thousand twenty? Two thousand twenty two? When do they next? I think the out is. Next year. Oh, okay. Right, because that's the next time they... They can opt out. They can opt out. They can opt out. They can change the one-and-done rule. They can change... Yeah. All right. So, I mean, there's there's some things that they can fix. They can attempt to fix. But why would they? They're making more money than they ever. Yeah, I don't think they will. All these guys like to complain. I mean, everyone, everyone is quick to complain that, like, oh, Kevin Durant went to a super team and LeBron went to Miami and got to come back. Like... I mean, maybe there's trade things you you make limits on. I, I mean, I don't know what the answer is. I, I, listen, I'm not the first. I, I'll I'll disagree a little with you in that. I enjoy the NBA today. I enjoy the Warriors. I don't like watching Harden. I can't watch Harden. I, I struggle with that. Um, no one can watch the Knicks. But I I think I enjoy that it turned. It, it's turned guard oriented. It's turned shooting. It's it's you can't spacing. Spend spacing yeah. You can't hand check all that stuff. I enjoy a lot of that aspect. I do think it's look. There there is no Hakeem Olajuwon's and Ewings and you know those guys have changed because now there's Embiid, right? Embiid can run, he can shoot, he can pass, he can dribble. Um, there's not like the standard five man. And this I don't want to again. It kind of shifts into like the '90s versus now. Um, but I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I enjoy the NBA. The, the playoffs have sucked, but I enjoy watching it. I mean, obviously, I mean, the skill level is, it's you know, absurd. like we've never seen. Yeah. Um, but, again, you know, you've, you've given every advantage possible by the rules to the offense. To the offense, no doubt. And, you, you, and then you mix that in with a basketball culture that's starting from the high school level now, just doesn't emphasize defense at all. No. no. So kids, you know, kids get to college not knowing how how to yep. play defense. Yep. And 
you know, how many, how many, you know, especially at the highest levels, how many times do co- have, how much time do coaches have? Unless they're a a shock of smart, where it's the core of yeah, what you're trying to do, do, that you can spend that time trying to teach these kids. Mm-hmm. You know, almost for, for a lot of them, from like you know, like, you know, watch the one and done to have come through Duke the past couple of years. Um, you know, yeah, they're not locked down defenders by no, any means. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, Tatum, Tatum's not stopping. I mean, he'll get a bit better, but you know, he ain't stopping anybody. But I think it starts like you look at these kids, like even like on the EYBL, or looking at these circuits, like their teams are there. There's so much zone being played there, just because like I remember That's PSA, PSA was playing the Rams when PSA like, played the Rams. Obviously, they blew them out. They're like, ah, uh, we don't want to deal with Kofi Cochran, so we're just gonna play zone and let Jalen Lequeux shoot. And I was like, all right, like, but then that carries over to the next game, and then that carries over to the next game, and then these guys, they're there for one year in college, they're on campus for, what, six months, they're learned some defensive principles, but at the end of the day, it's not, it's not like they're in, you look at like a guy like Malcolm Brogdon that spends five years under Tony Bennett, he steps in and is one of the better Tough. perimeter defenders. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's an interesting dynamic, but you're right, but everything, I feel like a lot of these arguments, it starts back with, how the game is being taught and where they're going, and exactly how it's the transition uh, rides all the way up to the highest level. But, yeah. And so that's why you watched last night's game, and in the fourth quarter, what the Rockets were playing on the Warriors was no more than just defense. It was nothing special about no, it. it was defense. And, and everyone was praising it as if the greatest defensive effort. <laughs> Ever made because they're used to the, out, the right, other end of right. the side. They're used to oh, Curry takes three dribbles and gets to the rim. Right, like, and, wait. and so now we've created now this market where a Clint Capella is going to be in line for a hundred million dollar payday. Exactly, and yeah. the the you know, other than catching lobs and blocking shots, he does nothing. You know, in terms of you know what you would you know your goal is you hope that all five players on the floor. You know, have you know multiple skills on both ends of the floor, mm-hmm. and now it's not always going to happen. But uh, you know, you have shooters and but for you know for that type of money for that little and but the thing is, he affects the game so much because of that because defense now is you know make an effort to contain, mm-hmm. give up after t- you know two steps, and then let let a big guy try and. Yeah, give up every two steps is a good way to put it. Yeah. Effort to contain, and then if you can't guard it for three dribbles, okay. Uh, but in it, in it, I mean, it goes further with you know, like I'm not a big proponent of you know the switch everything defense. You know, like what happened it's to just stay? What Offensively, hap- it makes it very hard. I, it's hard. Uh, but it's also, you know, you create you know, but you look at it. I mean, Houston's whole, you know, Houston's whole uh, offense is. Based on, you know, getting those matchups, getting running running one screen, and then yep. get, and get you know get your switch, and that's it. Yeah, I think the difference between like I'm so used to the, just thinking of it from a college background is like well, with the ball movement in college. But like the, the like the NBA, I think the biggest difference, and this is my opinion, between the NBA and college is college is scheming. It's like okay, this is our scheme versus their scheme. In the NBA, it's get to the mismatch, get to it. However we need to get whoever we want guarding Jay Tarden, that's what we're going to do. The difference is like, okay, whenever we played a team that switched everything, it was really hard because then we didn't have Harden to break down and go get two points on their big man. All of a sudden, we were just, we were shit out of luck. It was like, oh, damn, they're switching all five? Like, what are we going to do? None of our screens work. No one can break down off the dribble. Um, it was it was, it was was tough in that in that regard. So I think it's, it's just a different set of planning. The players obviously 100%. aren't as talented. No, exactly. I mean, look at like the, I guess this was game four of Celtics Cavs the other day. As soon as Terry Rozier was on LeBron, and they were just all immediately going to switch, all right, boom. And it's a a offensive versus defensive matchup of those two players right there. And it's size and and strength and power and skill versus the lesser of that. Same thing with Philly. So it was Redick. As soon as Redick got, hey, 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 throw it in. Doesn't matter who has the ball offensively. Mm. They're just like, okay. We, they're getting all the information. Like, look, people score on Reddick, whatever their percentage, right? Like, let's say fifty percent of the time, it doesn't matter who gets the ball. And it drove, it to and it drove me crazy a lot the other day. It's like a lot of people. I was like, oh, like, why is Brad Stevens letting this happen? Why is there? And I obviously, I think Brad Stevens, top three coach in the NBA, is amazing mm-hmm. basketball mind. 
I think people that don't understand exactly how some of these schemes work and how hard it is, 24-second shot clock, as quick as the ball's moving around, as talented as these guys are, it is very, 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 very hard to draw up a, a scheme like that in the NBA, the way it's spread out now, to try and negate that. Like There are things you can do. You can clog the paint, but if you have shoes, you have Kyle Korver on the outside, if you have J.R. Smith, and they're willing to knock down, you can only help so much. Yep. So, yep. Ranting on, uh, no. on, NBA, <laughs> on NBA playoffs. But. Um, all right, so let's, make a, let's get into the draft. The, uh, the meat of the episode... Um, Ian and I wrote down our uh, lottery pick, so we're just going to cover the uh, top 14 right now, and then Ed will weigh in after we give our picks. So, uh, I already, and I, I disclaimer, I already hate my picks right now. I couldn't possibly change it while we're Yeah, in the we're certainly of not uh, saying that this is going to happen, but hey, we went out on a limb. Um, for the number one pick, uh, I had DeAndre Ayton to the Suns. I had DeAndre Ayton to the Suns. Ian as well. Ed, where do you think? You know, part of me wants to say Aiden, but I'm not sold that I'm not going to take Doncic. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's... I agree. Everything is sort of lined up for Doncic to step and walk in there and be... The one place he can walk in and be comfortable. Yeah. To the Suns. Yeah, to the Suns. So, he, so it's, a, it's the same thing every year for the past maybe 10, 15 years, but it's another draft. It's another huge European prospect that people are not sold on yet. It's half and half. Like, I read one Twitter and they're like, you don't understand. This guy is going to be the next <laughs> promised child. He's going to be unbelievable. Yeah. And then the next tweet is, he's horrible. He's soft. I can't believe we're thinking about this. Blah, blah, blah. I think, but really quick, my opinion on this is that European prospects who don't pan out are remembered way more than the standard cop. Like, if DeAndre Ayton stinks, it'll be whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be another DeAndre Ayton that will get drafted number one and no one will care. If Doncic stinks, it's going to be like, oh my, please don't draft any more of these. They always suck. Even though we wa- have watched countless Dirk, Chris Stapps. I mean, there's countless that have been successful. Well, it's funny to sort of watch because if you watch the EuroLeague Final Four, yep. the amount of the amount of failed Europeans who came over who were, were yeah. back over there who were in, involved in that mm-hmm. was, was sort of shocking to watch. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those names were coming back again. Like, all of a sudden, they're going to be better if they come back the second time. You know, like, you know, like Jan Vesely. You know, there, yeah. there's already talk about him coming back. You know, Vesely was considered a massive yeah, bust. But now, it's like, you know, you can yeah, be an asset. Back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Doncic is. I, I think if he were, if if for any reason he was to be anything other than a superstar, um, there will be, you know, you. T- I told you so. It's like you've never oh, yeah. seen yeah, him before. Yeah. I've never I've never seen on one on, on one prospect. Uh, on the one side, the people who are just convinced. Yep. That he's, you know, just some, you know, you know, Europe is selling us a bill of goods. Yeah. <laughs> or the people who become so offended that you don't think he's yeah. the greatest. How you yeah. think otherwise? Yeah. It's, it's very polarized. This kid, so, like you said, like more than any. Chris Stapps was more, he's going, it, it was more just how yeah. good he was going to be. People were and, pretty much like, hey, the kid's going to be Chris didn't play like the level that Luca's playing at like with Real Madrid right now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's which, and this is something, so... Maurice Indora played versus Ohio, was on the Knicks, one of my guys, he played with Luca in Real Madrid like two years ago. When he yeah. got cut before by the Mavs before he came to the Knicks, he played with him. And I remember texting him last year because we had NBA teams asking for film on him. I was like, this kid's super young. I was like, is he legit? And he was like, yeah, like, he's a real player. And he was like, he, on that team, you, I guess he was how like 17 years old. He's been playing there in the highest level for, for so long. The only thing that made me the overweighing factor for me with Aiden, and I looked this up, it was – the last seven years, the Suns have had eight lottery picks. And if you look at them... That's it. So I think... The, and they haven't hit, really. I mean, no, they really no, haven't they hit. Haven't so Josh Jackson, obviously, Jerry Stout, I think he was second team, all-rookie team. I think he was a first-round pick. Yeah, but so. if you look at it, I think they have... I think in their mind, they almost think they have to go with what is considered almost a sure thing. Because if you look at it, I pulled it. It was Josh Jackson, Dragon Bender, TJ Warren, solid player, but... Stop. Solid player. Alex Len, Kendall Marshall, oh. and, and Markeith Morris. So, like, 
if you have eight lottery picks in seven years, and really at the end of the day, the two assets that you're holding on to are Josh Jackson and TJ Warren, it, obviously, and then DJ, or excuse me, Devin Booker aside, like Devin Booker yeah, obviously yeah, aside, that's the one sure thing they've gotten. Um, but yeah. aside from that, it's like you go with eight in that. It's tough. I as much as I think they should take, don't. If I was making the call, I'd probably take Doncic. It's tough to not go with what's considered almost like the sure thing and like the David Robinson type player uh-huh. in this draft. Well, yeah, to me, Doncic is actually more the short thing. It's, really? it, it's his upside. It's yes. not going to be his yeah. upside. Is not going to be not as big as Aiton's. Yeah, okay. but you know, you know exactly what you're going to get. True. Uh, so from I think this that's kid. fair. Enough. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, and it's yeah, and it's different than the situation they saw when they took Bender. Uh, you know, Bender, you know, if we're going to get anything from this kid, it's going to be five years from now or yeah. four years from now. Um, Doncic, you know, will be able to go in there and... You're saying day one. Day one, he'll be their starting point guard. Wow. He's playing well, well, high-level basketball. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I listen. Well, I guess I mean, that the one thing you have to sort of worry about with him is you have to have the personnel where you can have someone else guard the point guards and have him guard the threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. That's the only way. I mean, that's if you're gonna have him on the floor and at the NBA level. Yeah, he's not gonna be able to guard Chris Paul. No, so he's gonna have to shift off. Huh? Right. It it's sort of they could do. I mean, Booker, Warren, him. They probably need another. They need like a Rozier type. Like Eric Bledsoe. Like Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> <laughs> Ironic enough. Uh, Ironic enough. Where did that, uh, where did that uh, go? All right. So you're going with Doncic one. Yeah. All right. So we got Aiden, Aiden, and one Doncic. Uh, for yeah, me, number two, I obviously had uh, Doncic going second. Ian, what do you got? I picked Bagley for only for one Let's reason. And this isn't because this is why I think should happen. This is what I think. I, for whatever reason, and I should be wrong on this because I was. I think Sacramento had a good draft last year. I I worry that Vivek's gonna just like get in the middle of this and just like come out of left field with like Bagley. And I think okay. Bagley's a great player. I think he was arguably one. Top one, top two guys in college basketball last year. I mean, yeah, he was yeah. as pr- offensively productive as Marvin Bagley was. No, he set um, every Duke freshman record. He beat everybody. But I think, I, for whatever reason, and I think he's going to be a good player. Uh, I don't know if defensively he's there, but I no. think. No. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I do, like, it, scre- it screams like a Sacramento pick to me, but. I also, I'm not, this is why I'm not fully sure of myself. I'm switching out to be a little bit different. You can't switch out. No, no, I'm saying I put there to be a little bit different and not have the same cookie cutter thing. Um, But at the end of the day, I think there's, I mean, obviously, Vlade Divac, having Peja Stoyakovic in there, obviously, Euro Euro influence. Maybe, I think they'd be smart taking Doncic, but you never know. Ed, what do you got? Well, with, with me having Doncic going first, it's easy. I mean, it's a no-brainer that, that they Aiden. get Aiton. They okay. get, you know, they get. So you think it's a no? It's no no shot. Bagley goes second, or you just think it's a smarter choice? You to can go try right, my right, pick all right, you want. right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If I if I had the choice, right. yeah. I'm taking Aiton. So okay, gotcha. All right, so you go Doncic, Aiton. I go Aiton, Doncic. Ian goes Aiton, Bagley. Uh, third pick. I picked Bagley, so there's my there. Now we pick Bagley, um, Ian. I pick I, I pick Michael Porter Jr. And this, this is where, where we disagree. And this is where we disagree. And we disagree with us. And I I think there he could go from three he or he could drop all the way to eight. Um, I think the talent that my that Michael Porter has is unreal. I think he's incredibly talented. It does worry me. Obviously, he's had especially reading today that not only the back injuries had that he's had back pain like basically like all through high school all through high school but the thing is like this is the type of kid I actually think can turn into like not that I don't think Aiden and, and Doncic can be but I think he can be a superstar type player where you put in three and that you can build your franchise around him so I think if his if the doctors check out I love the town of Michael Porter and I'm biased to watch him so much on like Nike UIBL and and, and and obviously he didn't play in Missouri but the talent level from like day one watching this kid just like oozed out, and that's why I've locked onto him. So if I if Atlanta, I would love to see them pick, like pick him and kind of build around that. Um, but I obviously I'm not wouldn't be surprised if it, it fell kind of um, the way you had and had Bagley as well. Yeah, I just haven't seen it. I, I, how can I pick somebody if I haven't really oh. seen them? You want to see? I'll show you a shot chart. What do you got? There's a shot chart. You're literally about thirty nine percent from. From the left wing, 39% from the top, 37, 36. 
Obviously, it's unreal. This know, is, but this is like, EYBL, and obviously this is yeah, EYBL. College. There's a lot of EYBL and uh, and some high school stuff. But what are, you, what are you going through? Now, if uh, if I'm Atlanta, I, I you know in, in this situation I'd probably go Bagley. All right. If I'm me, if you're you, I go Jaron Jackson. Really? Mm. That is look. He's on my hate list. I'm so. I mean, Jaron, I love you. I'm sure you're not listening, but <laughs> uh, I don't like him at all. And he I've measured said, so well at the we, combine. We, but we talked about him all year, and I was just like, I hate his jump shot. It's just weird, and I don't like it. Um, and I just think he's going to be one of those guys that can't figure out his role. I think he's going to f- just fall into like yeah. into this weird like. Are, is he a three and D? No, um, I don't know. What do you, so you well, sell me? Well, well, sell yeah, me. sell me on Jerry. Well, here's my thing, and it, this is, and if it, if it was probably any other team in that spot other than Atlanta, I may think a little differently. But Atlanta is still, no matter what last year was, they're going to attract players. Yep. They have. True. They do have talent there. At the three spot, they can swing for the fences. Okay. Makes and, sense. and so you look at that as a swing. I think. It, I, I think if yeah, I high think, upside guy. I, I I think he has more upside than Bagley Porter. I think they're more polished. Yeah. Uh, I think if the right coach, the right you know, get him, you know the you know get him focused on the right things, uh, then he's an all star. Okay. Because yeah, I mean everything is there. The measurables, the potential is there. I that's the thing. It's it's so tough. To not see, like, I think he scored like eight points in the NCAA tournament. And it's such a bias that I have because it's like he was on a team that, that disappointed as well. Yeah. Um, I understand, yeah, the potential. I see it there. I, it, so it, you're going, you're super, going officially yeah. number three. Well, no, three, I'm going. Uh, if I'm Atlanta. Follow, so you're going to stick with back. If, yeah, if I'm Atlanta, if I'm Atlanta, I'm picking back. Like, okay. if, I'm making, if I was making the pick. See, I'll explain where I put him later in my draft and why. But, all right, so you're going Bagley. Yeah. I go Bagley. Ian goes Porter Jr. Yep. Let's hit to four. Memphis, uh, I got Mohamed Bamba. I obviously I had Doncic falling to this. Woo! And the reason why. That's crazy. Yeah. No, it is crazy. I didn't, and, and But? I don't know. I didn't see it as Lana. I know they're still dealing with um, with Schroeder and, and that situation. Um, yeah, it was not, almost just kind of how the dominoes fell for me because I liked I liked Atlanta being able to build at the four position on reporter rather than Durant. But um, I mean, I would love to see a team of Marcus All, even as as he's fading uh, fading out of the career and on the tail end. Um, but Gasol and and Mike Conley and Doncic would be pretty cool together. But um, I had it almost just because I couldn't have him drop me farther because I honestly <laughs> wanted I wanted him to go number one. Like I, I really like I, I I said earlier I wanted him to go one, um, but. Yeah, I, I think it makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's. I mean, I mean, there's already been word out that Sacramento or Atlanta, you know, would both pass on Doncic anyway if he didn't go one. Yeah. Um, which you know, you know, would take everything at face value during yeah, yeah, draft yeah. time. But I mean, it's it's certainly plausible. Um, and you know, we talked you know about Mo Bamba. <coughs> just with everything that he has, it's hard to see that why he's not number one, except. He just hasn't. Yeah. It just hasn't developed as quickly as people sort of expected for what you know for what he has. Uh, but again, Memphis is a team that you know they already have a legit superstar who's yep. locked up. You know, take a swing. You know, yeah, yeah, Mo Bamba. Yeah. All right. So you go Bamba. Yeah. I go Bamba. There you go. And you go Doncic. Uh, five Dallas. I have um, Jaron Jackson going, and I think. Uh, my reason is Mark Cuban. I think, like, everything that you've been saying, like, all right, go swing. Swing. Yeah. And I think if Jackson falls, it's like, look, this kid could be our next, not not Dirk and not the same player, but I mean, like, all right, look, he, he could be our next guy. Yep. We might as well do it. Um, so that's mine. I, I have Jackson falling to five. I have Jackson. And I have Mo Bamba there, obviously just a spot below you. Um, I think one thing that Dallas has looked for is rim protection. Obviously, going back, I mean, Tyson Chandler on that championship team, they've made a big swing at DeAndre Jordan. They brought in Nerlens Noel. Um, obviously, Dirk's fading out. Looking at their their roster, um, let's see. I mean, the bigs that they have right now, obviously, Dirk. They have Harrison Barnes at the three. Dennis Smith. Um, when it's done, there's not a ton of 
size there. Uh, so I would love to see. I would like to see Bamba there. I'd like to see him play with Dennis Smith. Um, I think it could be uh, could be a solid player for for them. All right, Ed, who you got at five? Uh, here I think again with Dallas. You know, while I like the idea of Cuban swinging for the fences, I think, you know, he sees what he has in Dennis Smith. Um, he knows he's probably only getting one more year out of Dirk. Yeah. Um, so you bring in Michael Porter. Ah, Let him okay, spend fair. a year. Learn from Dirk, Dirk, hang out with him. Yeah, just sort of, you know, be able to step in a year from now as okay. as that big four. And, All right. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think that... Would probably be what I would do too if I was that. All right, a lot of uh, that that could happen. And don't I mean the thing I think that we're not taking consideration too is like how teams also are valuing how they who they can get free agent wise. Like if they think they can fill a hole free agent wise, and then they can snag this guy in the draft. And um, there'll be some trades, I'm sure that we're we're not maybe not necessarily in the top, but yeah, they're we're not taking an account for that at all. Um, All right, so I go Jaron Jackson, you go Bamba. You go... Porter. Porter. Gotcha. All right, number six, Orlando. Um, I have Porter Jr. going here. All right, I, I, my heart wants to drop him more. My head says he's not going to drop past six. Um, that's that's all I have. I, I, I have no idea what to think about Porter Jr. I know the potential. I know he's a stud. I just, yep. how, I just don't see him. I, I can't see him. Um, but that's my pick. Go ahead, Ian. I think so much of that. I would, before I get choose mine... I think if Aaron Gordon, if he's there and Aaron Gordon is no longer part of the Magic, I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, I think more than anything, they they need a point guard to to run the show. So that's why I like Trey Young there. Um, I like Trey Young. Uh, I think there there's a lot of doubters. I think there's a lot of people that think he's just going to be able to to uh, or he's not going to be able to pull over what he obviously he's not going to perform at the level he did at Oklahoma straight to the NBA. Um, I don't doubt him as much as everybody else. So I think Orlando looks for a point guard. Um, as much as I think a lot of people have Colin Sexton even ahead of him, uh, I think he's the best point guard on the board, and, and, uh, and, and I, I say he goes to, to Orlando. All right. We'll see. Yeah, if I'm Orlando, I, I trade this pick. I don't think uh, there's anything here to – I think they – So this is our first, yeah, first I, trade. Here we go. If I, was, I mean, I would trade down to find someone who has – a, you know, a couple of ones later, okay. uh, and stock up on talent. Uh, I, maybe LA, maybe the Clippers, since they go back to back, or or are you talking even lower? I, I they'd have to give up something to get twelve and thirteen for, unless the Clippers were just in love with someone. Yeah. Um, no, and I think the Clippers are sort of in a situation where they need to restock too. So yeah, they, they do. They, have, they may keep them and just yeah, yeah. I mean, we, yeah eventually we'll. Um, go, you know, we're, we're, we've reached that point now where it's just a a drop, you know, in terms of, you know, what kind of talent is available. Now, everyone from 6 till you know, 24 is sort of on, you know, on that same Wait, yeah, level, you know. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, the Gordon question is, the Gordon question is, is a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they still brought in, and they brought in Jonathan Isaac last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was hurt a lot. I didn't play, but I think there's still obviously a ton of, it's almost like a, you know, Jerry Jackson. Yeah. Like there's a, so much potential you see there. Yeah. So it's, you see how that plays out. You build around that. Uh, you, yeah. Yeah. Um, as much as I don't like it, yeah, I think the Trey Young pick would probably be the way they go. Okay. I'm just not a fan. I'm not a fan. Yeah. And that's you don't I, like Trey Young. See, I think he's he's perfect for this right now. He's perfect. Now, is he a little small? Sure. Uh, yeah, well, but to, you know, to be that small and not be again can't defend. Um, but he but also but he also doesn't know he also doesn't know anything other than being able to go out there. And, yeah. All right. I, I, that that argument I like is because he had the you want to talk about the green light? Holy crap! Uh. He had it all. Yeah, I mean, basically, Oklahoma sacrificed their season. Yeah, to let him to let him to get him for a year and let him do what he wanted. Yeah, that's all right. All right, so if let's say they don't trade or let yeah, they go to trade. Yeah. Okay. Um, seven. I have my Duke guy Wendell Carter uh, joining the Chicago Bulls. Um, I love Wendell. I think he's gonna just be like 
you know, everyone likes to compare him to Al Horford. I think that's a very good comparison. I, you know, Al, maybe not as good because Al Horford's ridiculous, but easily think Wendell can eventually get to 18 and 10, 20 and 10, hitting a three or two a game. Um, I, I, I think he's a solid, solid four man in the NBA for, for multiple years. I originally had Wendell as well when I just started scratching things out. Um, I think he's very, 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 very solid. Um, only reason I didn't put him here is because I had Jared Jackson falling, um, and I didn't think he would fall, um, obviously out of the top seven. Um, so I have Jared Jackson here, but um, I would love either way. I mean, obviously, Laurie Markin had a really good year. So Zach Levine, Chris Dunn played better in Chicago than he did in Minnesota. Um, you can have a guy like Wendell. I think they still have Robin Lopez on the on the rosters. You can learn a little bit behind more a more veteran guy. Um, they have some front court Bobby Portis, and um, I, I like uh, I like him, but I'd like him to get a Ford. I like him to get Jaron Jackson like that. But um, you know, that's I'm going with Jaron because I don't think he's gonna slide any farther. All right, and we got. It's tough not to take Jaron here, but I think just looking at their makeup and the direction they're going, um, I think the best the best pick they can make would be Mikael Bridges. Okay. Yeah. Are you go McHale. All right. We'll that give, does make sense. We'll give, we'll give him you know, a wing with a lot of potential. can guard, multi, guard multiple positions. And he's a, he's a Nova kid. He's actually going to go out there and he's going to go out there and guard. Yeah. No, no doubt. Um, he is 3 and D. Uh, 3 and D. Yeah. I mean, Jackson would have been the easy pick, but with, with, with Markinen and Bobby Portis starting to play better towards the end of last year. And, um. You know, I just think it's a you know would be a great spot for for Bridges to land. Okay. Well, that's that's first that's first time of Bridges is at seven. I like it. Um, all right, moving on to eight. This is where I had Trey Young go. Um, I think Cleveland as a city likes to draft the flashy, uh, <laughs> whether it be a quarterback or a wide receiver or whatever it is. I think uh, Cleveland will find a way to either mess it up or or get lucky, but. Um, here we go. I, I think Cleveland gets Trey Young. I think the fans love it at first, and they're super excited, and then whether they're disappointed or not, I don't know. I am on the same wavelength as you. Obviously, I already had Trey Young going to Orlando. But um, are, they, so, are they drafting with LeBron not there? I don't know. That may change So everything. this is kind of the reason why I did it. I think, so my pick is Colin Sexton because I think that works whether you have LeBron or not. Um, I think I'm high on, on Colin Sexton. Like I've been, I fell off a little bit throughout the season. There were moments where I didn't think he was that good. But I think he's very, very obviously gifted and talented athletically. Um, I think he can get to the rim. He's, I was, wants to say he's in the Russell Westbrook mode just because he's so athletically gifted. Defensively, he's not always there. But I think right now, I mean, if you, even if you take LeBron off the team, they're not going to be very good, but then who's still there? you still don't solve the, the point guard position necessarily unless you're with George Hill. So I think if LeBron's there, Colin Sexton can help. Maybe take him off the ball a little bit more, play off the ball. But even if he isn't there, then okay, like you want to put this guy with Kevin Love and you put him in that type of situation. So I like Colin Sexton. Um, he, he's gotta get, he's gotta, he needs to be a better three-point shooter. That's the only thing I can see that. He's going to be a liability. But um, I like them going with a guard here. All right, Ed. What do you think? Uh, to me, it, it, there's no there's no way that Jackson falls any further than this. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. So, so you Jared. Yeah. So Jared. Oh, so you haven't picked Aaron? No, uh-uh. no. I was about to say loved him yeah, at three. Who'd you have he at loved four? him at three. Four. Yeah, Bamba. Bamba. Yeah, Bamba at four. He loved him at three, but he just he got he got to put him there. I I I went with that same thing too. I always thought it fall and put him Wendell at seven and put him in Cleveland, but. Again, a nice a nice spot for sort of you know to rebuild or play with LeBron or, or and, and, and Love, who basically Can would, love would be, there, be, be his eventual replacement. Okay. Um, and I think yeah, it's just uh, he won't he won't slip past eight. Yeah, it would be tough for Cleveland to to say you know the potential alone. Yeah, it, it's too much, and yeah, at, at worst you know if they don't if they if they're not going to do that then. He said their team to yeah. trade the pick. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Jackson at eight. I had Trey Young. You have Colin Sexton. Number nine, New York. This is where I have Colin Sexton go. I think it's just classic New York to go for like the guy who could be good but hasn't proved it yet. I mean, look, I 
I liked Colin Sexton during the year. He's on my like don't love list. I, yeah. I thought he was um, flashy. I thought he was pretty good. I like you said defensively. I didn't love him, but like Ed says, who plays defense anymore? So it's almost like what does it's it matter? What does it matter? Um, I just don't know. You know, and and Ed would know better than anybody, but like I feel like you have to be such a special. You're, look, you're either a superstar, right? You're one of the top fifteen players in the league, or you find your yep. like very yeah. specific. You're a three and D. You're Corver. You're a three point shooter. Right? Those guys. Um, you're Bamba. You're just a freak. It's like where does he go? I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. No, I I agree with you. So I have Sexton. You have Sexton. I have Mikal Bridges. Yeah, I like that. Um, that one so, I like from you. And so I have said it's been talked about for a while. And like you said, you're finding a role. I think he is your 3 and D guy. I think he fits in well. Obviously, um, are you drafting a, a guard in the last year? I think that, I mean, they, having Moutier, I wouldn't be surprised if they just love a guard. There's a guard, if Trey Young or Sexton's there, I can see him saying that. But I think, but I think, I mean, Courtney <laughs> I Lee. I can see New York doing Young. Courtney yeah. Lee. Courtney Lee is, I don't know, a year maybe left on his contract. Obviously, you have Tim Hardaway set in the two because you gave him all the money in the world. Ooh. Porzingis is the four. Maybe if Canner comes back, you have five. But, like, that three spot is very open. Yeah. Um, and they won a three. I think he fits very, very well there. The one thing, and this is something I, I looked at, I found a couple weeks ago, his mid, he needs, I think, to be, to expand his game, he needs to expand his mid-range game. Off yeah. the dribble in his mid-range, his, I was looking at his numbers and shot chart, it's very, very, very tough, but his numbers from outside, from around the arc, it, are lights out. Um, and he's got a lot of length. He's the one where I think New York's going to struggle next year. Um, obviously, without Porzingis for majority of the season, maybe all. And so I don't think you have to go home run here. I think you can get a guy that will Sound. fit into the eventual plans of this team. Though. What do you think? Uh, no, I like Wendell Carter here. All right. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, you know, we have because one once Porzingis is back, um, if if the Knicks are going to do this right, they have to play him at the five. Yep. Um, Role replaced with Carter and Kristaps is tough. Very yeah. Tough. Uh, Ooh, and, that's very. And one tough. thing I like about Carter, um, and I think Bridges would sort of fit the same thing if if I didn't have him gone already. Is New York's not going to phase him. No. Coming to coming to the Knicks, no matter what they are, coming to the city, none of it's going to phase him. He's going to do what he has to, fit right in. The kid's a worker. Um, I also think it's like, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I think it's a little bit easier for like big guys to come into a spotlight like that because they get more of a of a of a break. Like if you're Colin Saxon, you're supposed to oh dude, we got this flashy guard, he's gotta come in and average thirty and then he averages fifteen, he's like he's a failure. If Carter comes in and averages nine, eight, and four, that's a really good you know what I mean? Like he can do yeah. it, like that's really good. Yeah. Um yeah, I like I like Carter in New York. Yep. I like that. Oh. One um, last thing before we wrap up the lottery, I will go back to, to Ed's pick with Cleveland Jerry Jackson. Um, Dan Gilbert. Michigan State graduate. I was thinking that in the back of my head, and I was like, wait a second. This is where we go. Ten, this is where I have uh, Mikael Bridges go. I think he fits in with Philly. I think they're uh, not going to be able to keep all their guards uh, from this year, so they need one. So I think Bridges goes there. I took more of a jump pick on this. A lot of people have him going later in the lottery or later in the first. I took Lonnie Walker. Um, It's kind of taking that two-guard that wing spot. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to bring back J.J. Redick. Yeah. I like Bridges or I like I, either of the Bridges there. Um, I know they've been looking at him, but I, I don't. I, I think uh, I kind of like Lonnie Walker as a fit. Um, and you can keep uh, keep Sarge kind of on the wing, um, and and, uh, and hopefully add a little more uh, in the shooting guard position there. All right, Ed, who do you got at ten? Yeah, I, I think they take a you know a little bit of, of a flyer on. Uh, I like Kevin Knox. Okay. okay. That's th- we disagree there. I think... Uh, yeah. I like I'm not a big fan. I just think looking what Philly has and the, you know, the way the offense is sort of set up with, between Simmons and Embiid um, with his size and you know, if he ever becomes you know, a consistent... Yeah, that's the thing. He has to become a consistent shooter. He can yeah. hit the shots. That, that was my big thing is his inconsistency. Yeah, but he can hit... You know, it's there. The ability is there. And that's... Uh, I, I just think... Yeah, and it gives him a little protection too because, you know, you know, two more years, 
Sarge realizes he's never going to be more than a, a fourth or fifth guy, mm-hmm. you know, he may want to get out. Yeah, no, I, I think it could happen. I think I uh, Philly definitely needs a guard, for sure. Um, all right, awesome. Lonnie Walker, Reading, Pennsylvania. Was the Reading High School first uh, first Pennsylvania State Championships. Nice. That's the other reason I want to put him in a whole homecoming again. All right, so for 11, Charlotte, um, I had Miles Bridges uh, getting drafted here. I think that's the first. Yeah, no one else has had Miles. No yet. one has had Miles. Um, I think just like a steady, solid, middle-of-the-road pick for Charlotte. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I I, I thought on there too. I only put I put Wendell here, um, simply. Jordan just, drives a Duke guy. <laughs> yeah, that is not. Right. But uh, all they simply, obviously, they've got like a million bigs, or they've had a million bigs. Yes. Um, especially white guy bigs over the past few years. But um, I like Wendell. I don't think he's. Gonna, I want like I said. I want to put him at uh, at seven with Chicago. I don't think he falls. If the, I think Charlotte, if, if he does fall on her lap, he would be really lucky. Um, but. Um, Things are up in the air with uh, with Kimba. I could see him going maybe maybe Shea, maybe Miles Bridges. I, I don't know. Um, but I I put Wendell here simply because I don't see him falling that much farther past eleven. All right. Uh, I like Robert Williams here. Oh, nice. okay. I think they nice. finally just have to try and solve, you know, take that shot and try and solve the big man thing, yeah. um, and get it and and I get it him. done and. Uh, again, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, high upside, so he doesn't have to go in there right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and you know, it helps you know long term better solution than Kaminsky and yeah. Zeller. Right now, their big men are Dwight Howard, Howard. Frank Kaminsky, <laughs> Willie Hernan Gomez, Cody Zeller. Like none of those are the answer. <laughs> yeah. But you can take a guy that can at least learn basically from those guys yeah. and eventually step into that role because I don't think. Charlotte's like in that weird area right now where they're not fully, they're not in the bottom five teams in the league yet. Yeah. But I don't yeah. think I don't think one picks putting them in the playoffs. No, so it's no, like you no, can they, take yeah. a guy, take a little bit of time if you deal if you deal Kimba and then whatever it may be. Yeah. But. Yeah. No, I uh, I like that pick. Um, I like it so much at twelve. The Clippers. That's where I have him going. So I'm going right after Robert you. Williams. Uh, yeah. I have Robert Williams going twelve. I have, um, and this is kind of, they have back-to-back, 12-13, so I'm going to kind of combine them together with mine. I have Shea Gilchrist-Alexander. I think they will for a point guard. He's the best one left. Um, kind of, and then, uh, obviously, 12-13. I, I don't really have any care in any, any order, but I just had Shea Gilchrist-Alexander there because I think they want a big, and I think they want a point guard in LA. Uh, yeah, and I agree with the point guard thing. So, I mean, for me, it's Sexton. Uh, will we'll, we'll be the pick is, right. uh, and then uh, I like the Miles Bridges pick I think it's just a, it's a safe pick um, and I think he would you know he brings enough that um, he'll be able to he'll be able to play quickly um, okay. you know which will help you know sort of get them back on track alright so you go uh, and Alexander Sexton. and then Sexton right after or did you go Shea Gil just they're the same, t- yes, either order, right? Yeah, Shea it doesn't Gil- matter. Sexton, okay. Br- Sexton, Shea Miles, Bridges. Bridges, same, guys, yeah, guys, same guys. thing. All right. Um, well, what was your second? You have, yeah, you yeah, have so same, thing, same thing. Essentially the same thing. Only um, thing I had in there, I have, if Bridges falls, I have him taking Bridges. I can also see him taking a flyer on Mitchell Robinson because Mitchell yeah. no one's really seen him a ton. Obviously, he's a super, super talented kid. He was supposed to go to Western Kentucky. Um, I think they could take a flyer on him. I mean, he's... Um, shoot, seven seven feet tall, seven three wingspan. Um, I was if they lose DeAndre Jordan, um, he could be can they slide in that role, and they're not ready to compete once again. It's gonna be a rebuild. Um, so I, I like Mitchell Robinson as well. All right, last, last one, Denver fourteen. Uh, this is where I took a flyer, kind of, not really. I mean, it'll probably go either thirteen and nineteen somewhere in there. Yeah. But I have Lonnie Walker. Um, I like his aggressiveness offensively. Lets it fly. Give it a whirl. Um, I lastly picked Kevin Knox. Um, he was still on the board for me, so I have him. I like him kind of with Jamal Murray and, and Gary Harris. Um, Jokic is obviously awesome, but I think they need more help there on the wing. Um, and uh, I think Kevin Kevin Knox could could definitely help. I don't know how much longer they have Wilson Chandler. Um, I know Will Barton is good, but Richard Jefferson shouldn't be on that roster anymore, so there's a spot open on the, on the wing. Juan Hernan Gomez hasn't really worked out, so... I'm going to Kevin Knox. All right, last one. Yeah, I think I agree with the Walker pick. Okay. I think. Walker. I think. Uh, you know, 
adding him adding him to some lineups will let them get out when when that team was moving. You know, it was when they were at their best, and uh, you know he just lets them do that. You know, you put him, you know, at the two or or a small three, and mm-hmm. um, you know, just you know, just r- run teams to death. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. Well, that's listen. That's the green light uh, edition of the NBA draft. Ed, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, where where can everybody find you on Twitter? I don't even, I'm not even sure. It was oh, NBA Draft Talk. It's at Ed KMG Sports. <laughs> at Ed KMG Sports on Twitter. Make sure you go give him a follow. Uh, highly knowledgeable, very entertaining, uh, good follow. So make sure you go do that. Um, Ed, again, thank you, man. Any last words? No, well, I'm, I'm ready for the game tonight. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who you got tonight? Celtics. Celtics. It is in Boston. I want, I want it is in Boston. Celtics, Come on, baby. Uh, all right, guys. Appreciate you guys listening. Um, we'll be back here probably next week or the week after that. But, uh, I want to get then, some AAU stuff. I want to get some like clubs, clubs up. We'll, I'll be right. coming for it. We can do some AAU stuff for sure. Uh, but until then, keep the ball bouncing. Deuces. I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss, then tell me what you're working for. Certain doors were closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pull, slush, rustles up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.